Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by... Grab Bag Enthusiast, Mankey Make Muga. Number one grab bag, Stan Cullen Adley. Emilio Diaz. This is now... This is turned into, like, the end of our classic bit of, like, Emilio hates when we go on in plugs, and he just, like, is defeated by it. That is now happening to me at the beginning, whenever... Something. Whenever I do a bit with my name, I mean, whenever you say "Manky Make Me Guy," I literally you lose like five years off my life. I have heard from people that it's actually very funny, and yet you're wrong about this. So we're gonna, it's gonna maybe keep happening. We'll see. I think we just go right into the grab bag. Yeah, we're doing holiday grab bag, folks. It's the yeah, folks. It's the holiday the season. It's our last episode of 2020, and uh, we are going into the grab bag. I've got it right here. You said grab too bag much. part I think you've three. You covered things that might be in the grab bag. <laughs> you can hear it now. It's rustling. Who's who's inside? Who's a hanging? Let's see. Who are there? People. We've established there in the past been. that there have been people. We've been known to have people in the grab bag in the past. Oh, look at this! I'm thinking of ending things. First Great. item in the grab bag, right off the top. Wow. The difficult Everyone? to discuss Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it so much. It's the second best movie of the year. Uh, Would you like to expand on that? All right, next in the grab well, bag. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking about, like... Ending things? No. I was thinking about, like, what it's about. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, oddly enough, about the same thing that my favorite movie, 14, is about. And we we talked, when we talked with uh, Dan Salit about that movie a little bit, we talked about how the kind of centerpiece of this movie, of that movie, is, is uh, Joe, uh, one of the main characters, kind of wondering, like, at what point she sort of just, like, became a fucked up person. And I think that is kind of also what I'm thinking of ending things is about. Is it's about how does someone become just like a screwed up person? And I don't think either of them really have an answer. Or I don't know that they do. But I find the exploration in both. And I was thinking about this because I was having a very long drawn out argument with someone about 14 the other day so it was very much on my mind uh but yeah i think it's interesting that those two movies which i think are the best two of the year have that in common maybe they're i mean they're both very jesse movies i'll say that (laughs) yeah two different sides uh, of the same coin (laughs) You know, you see, I think that the line that I thought you were going to draw between them, that it's sort of what I appreciate about both movies, 
even if I'm like I don't really I don't love either of them, but I do like both of them. Is that they're both sort of movies about just like looking at another person and like wanting to know how they feel and how to fix them and what what their deal is and just like having to sort of come to the thing of like I you just can't it's like you're never gonna yes. you're never gonna like look at another person and fully understand what they're going through that's just like yeah a fool's game that... and I sort of yes like I'm thinking of anything that's like very explicitly about that sometimes I like a little too on the nose for my liking and that it's like it fucking starts with the fucking Kool-Aid shot of experiment and it's just like very much about like the experience of looking at a thing and that being a reflection of you more than it is a reflection of the thing but I, I mean it goes full hog down that territory and it's like sort of interest and it you and it fully uses that as a concept to like go down different paths and it's like I it's it doesn't really have an answer or like it doesn't really come to a conclusion as much as it, it sort of just like ends which is something that I it maybe left me a little cold and I think I am sort of getting a little more cold on the whole like Kaufman thing than uh, the way a lot of people are in terms of like the seat, the things he continues to explore in his films. But I did watching it. I did feel, I did have the thought of like, he's a really good director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that I think he is, he, I think he has a good use. He has a good knowledge of formal control. I think his like, the way it looks is very good. I think it's it's very precise. Like, it's like hard to say, but I it's like one of those few things ways I can judge directing is like, does this all seem like very specific and intentional and like, it, it, everything is there because it needs to be, and I think that is what it's doing. Now whether you respond to that or not, I think is a whole other thing, and it's like I I, I struggled with it occasionally. But I think I am a sort of like almost extremely positive. I'm just sort of positive on it. But I know other people have other thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I I am also very positive on it. I think it's still in my top 10 of the year from back when I uh, first saw it. I sort of ranked it pretty highly and I I have thought well upon it since I... I didn't get to rewatch it directly before this. I, I sort of threw on the last hour in the background today just to sort of have around. And I mean, just like it's, I think, yeah, the, the two central performances I think are like, and particularly Jesse Buckley is just like a really extraordinary performance of what you come to find out is like, not is, is like a, a figment of a person. Like, it's like, it's like a, not not a whole person really but like she is still able to uh to and and in 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 that she also contains multiple people right the character is like so elusive and and changes like Mm -hmm. what she is and what her function is and and all that throughout the movie as jesse plemons's character is like going through whatever he's going through or i guess the gendered what version of jesse plemons's character uh, we're, we're spoiling. I'm thinking of ending things, by the way. Um, the, yeah. uh, yeah, just her, her, like, the way that she has, like, that emotional depth and also just, like, that, that sort of, like, feather touch, uh, on, um, of, of, of jumping sort of from, 
from mode to mode in that character i think it's like it's like maybe the performance of the year for me it's really really extraordinary wow. stuff um th- i mean there's i've seen some stuff recently that like is in competition but she's she's really sp- special in that movie i think and also it's just a movie that like is generally dealing in aesthetics that i really respond to like the way that it's obsessed with like high school theater old age makeup and and all that stuff is right. like pitch and write to me it has a dream ballet in it it like it's it it ends on a song from oklahoma uh it, one of the most interesting songs in oklahoma which is often cut and is like sort of an examination of like toxic masculinity and these all things like it, yeah it's just playing in the park of things that i'm really gonna respond to and i think it really does that well and it does sort of leave you sort of thinking about um yeah like what is loneliness and what is it to like to not be able to connect with other people and mm-hmm. and what you know and 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 you know it is if if happiness is other people right what does it mean to have been disconnected from that or to feel like alienated from that uh i think is yeah it's it's really what i'm chewing on uh when i think about this movie and it is i guess the other line to draw is that both between 14 and I'm thinking of ending things is that if they're both about kind of this exploration of like people becoming screwed up and people not being able to connect with each other they both they are uh, really more of a, a one-sided of a person not really being able to connect they both have the same very disturbing ending basically yeah. Uh, in the, 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 you know, it's never explicit. It, it isn't explicit in 14 how uh, Joe dies, but even if it isn't directly self inflicted, it kind of is, you feel like, though. Then you get to sort of. Uh, that sort of is the question of, like, how. How in control are you and it kind of turns into like a almost like a free will exploration in that way even if that's not the direct theme that's being explored uh but i always do find that kind of fascinating uh even if these films are exploring it in a really dark way though the other thing and is that i'm thinking of ending things is in my opinion, at least, and if you're on Kaufman's wavelength, I think is frequently very funny. Colin's making a stinky well, face. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to just poo-poo what everyone Please said. Say, I know say I, what you feel. I do know that, like, the movie that I watch, it makes sense that people love it. Like, it is not a movie where I'm like, really? Like, this is what people are going, like... The, this is what people are like all about right now or not right now but like i know a lot of people who like have this at the top of their list and like yeah and it's it's doing pretty well in like year end list yeah um, it's like if you look at an aggregate it's like bottom half of the top 10 yeah. i think but enough uh, about aggregate aggregate how does colin actually feel about this film? yeah please um <laughs> i 
don't really like it at all. Um, I was kind of vibing with it in the first half or f- first bit where they're just in the car together, and even mm-hmm. some of that. Because I, w- I mean, it's incredibly dense. Like I feel like there right. is a lot to extrapolate. Like if, if you do like multiple viewings, like you'll find new things every time, maybe. Um, and I was like kind of mixed on it um, as it was happening, and I was like, okay, this is like laying a lot, like with the narration and like how he hears it sometimes and how they're like cutting between and she's like getting a phone call from herself and it's like all this sort of like cough mini stuff being front loaded and I was like maybe this is like gonna reveal itself in an interesting way and then um Thewlis and Colette I think are like so terrible in it it's like the most uh grating thing I've seen in a movie all year maybe is that middle section like at the house? I was just like, this is interminable. I did not laugh once. I don't think it's very funny at all. Um, and then the end, I was kind of just so out on it that like when it was getting like hyper hyper surreal with like um, like everything. Like we'll talk about ballet <laughs> later, um, but to where the dream ballet didn't even like you know like move the needle at all for me I was like this is a bummer like I don't really like anything that this movie is doing and maybe it's like one that like in a few years I'll watch it again and it'll like hit me different like and Emilio's saying that uh, he's kind of like doesn't know where he sits with Kaufman right now I'm like in that same position where I was very into Adaptation and John Malkovich when I saw it like at a younger age and I haven't seen them both in a while, or I haven't seen either of them in a while. Uh, and I remember them still being good. And I remember them being more, I, I mean, like, obviously more grounded than this. And then I watched Synecdoche, New York, and Anomalisa for the first time last year. And really was into Synecdoche as I was watching it. But it, like, I don't ever really think about that movie other than, like, Hoffman's performance. Um Synecdoche, New York, of course, is a towering masterpiece. <laughs> yes. Um, and Anomaly I like, also, I, I think is, I really don't think it's a good movie at all. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if, like, if it's just that I'm out on Kaufman or that it's just this sort of late period thing he's going through. And, like, I, it's... Hope this isn't late period. I mean, sure, yeah. What I, like, um, <laughs> but, uh... I found myself like the complaints that I had like while I was watching it are complaints that I will usually get perturbed at like anti making against movies that I'm into where I'm like these characters aren't people uh right. like none of like I mean they're not I mean You're yeah right. but it's like in a way where like usually when like if Andy says that about like that's a complaint Andy will throw at a movie I like sure. sometimes where he's like these yeah. characters aren't like they're, they're human beings I'm like who cares and at this I'm like this is nothing this is just a script like this is not like the performances there's a bit like I thought the song at the end was like well performed and like I'd not really seen Plemons stretch that muscle before and it, it was like an interesting performance and then there's a bit of Buckley like where she's like doing different accents and like it's a bit like obvious to be like ooh this is just like she's doing accents that's like that's interesting but other than that like I didn't really get anything from either of the lead performances and especially not the uh, two supporting like uh, of the main supporting and then um, like when we were getting out of the house and back to the car like in the second half I was like this will maybe be good again and then I was just so annoyed <laughs> with like all the conversations they were having 
to where I was like, I think like when we talked about Uncut Gems last year, maybe, um, or last year, when we talked about Uncut Gems earlier this year, uh, or even I think um, Daddy Long Legs uh, is a better example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complaint was like the dad is an asshole. Like I can't like there's nothing. There's no positives to him. And I mm-hmm. felt that about Plemons where I'm like, and I understand that that's the point is that he's supposed to be like the sort of like toxic like know it all like uh, well actually like that sort of guy and he gets like sort of dressed down and like the baby it's cold outside scene, um, and. I was just like, I just thought he was like so interminable. Like everything he was saying, was like about literature and like film. I was like, this is so lame. I do not care at all. But again, this is all to say that like, it, it feels like a movie that should have worked for me. And like, I don't know yeah. what sort of chemistry happened to where I was just put off like essentially from minute one, um, and like yeah. t like seesawed back and forth until like they get to the house and then. Like through through to the end, I was basically like, I just don't care. I there's nothing like that I find emotion in in this movie. I yeah, I will say I'm mostly with you. I think, or at least approaching you on Colette and Thulis. Like I don't think they work in the movie really, and that's like the major failing of it to me. Is like especially like well, I first saw the movie having like ju- like I read the book in order to read the movie, and then yeah, like I hours later I watched the movie. And I really feel like, like, he was going for, like, the little, like, twist he puts on them from the book, which is not, like, that much of a departure from the book, but, like, I feel like it's, like, it's just not quite pitched where I want it to be for those characters and those performances to really land, um... And so, yeah, that section of the movie... Like, I think, like, a lot of the other stuff that he does in that section of the movie I respond to, but those performances, I think, are, like, a little bit tough for me to, like, to be on board I'll with. defend them a little bit, and then I think Thulis is good, and Colette is good part of the time. Colette's weird. Like, I feel like... I feel like Colette is mostly doing what the movie... I think... And I feel like there have been a few Colette performances in the past years where she's basically doing what the movie is asking of her. Like, I think that's true. I feel like people kind of complained about the Knives Out performance, but I think those were mostly people who didn't really like Knives Out. I think she's pretty much doing what's asked of her in Knives Out, and then the flip side is, like, people really loved her in Hereditary, and I don't really like her in Hereditary, but that's because I hate Hereditary, so, like, she's doing, I guess, what that movie is asking of her. It's just not asking anyone to do anything good. It is, like, it is Uh, a similar performance to Hereditary, and that, like, the scene in Hereditary that I think people love is, like, the, you know, like, quote, like, where she's like, I'm your mother, and they're, like, having the argument at the dinner table. And, like, I am less into that scene just because it's, like, it, it works in the context of the movie, but, like, if I think about it, like, people will, like, post it on Twitter or whatever. I'm like, this is, like, too much. And, like, Knives Out, I think she's too much. And um, I'm thinking of any things. So I think she's, like, way too much. Like, maybe Dream she's Horse is good. doing a lot in all those movies. Uh but those movies are all a lot that, yeah, themselves. I mean, so it, I think it is truly just like what the sort of like uh, 
like how how like how it works for you like in the piece like knives out i also yeah. don't really care about and like to where like i think there's like i think darmus is good and i think like craig is good um and then like hereditary i like more um colette is like good for the most part in that as well yeah i know jesse does not like hereditary yeah. The other uh, thing I but yeah, yeah, and then I I do think Thulis is really good. I think and I to what Andy was saying, I read like t- listened to like two thirds of the book and like after seeing the movie and like thought it was fine. See, and that's wasn't compelled to finish. And there are things I remember about it, but I do not remember those two character. What is anything about what those two characters are like in the book? They didn't register for me at all, nor did, in general, just like the at the parents' house scene, uh, uh, portion of the book, just yeah. like didn't register for me. It like yeah, I think what he's doing with it in the movie is vastly more interesting. Um, the other thing I do do want to say, just to sort of respond to what Colin was saying, was like about about like the like the like the baby it's called it outside scene and everything like and and the and the way that Plemons is like depicted being like in argument with the Jesse Buckley character it's an interesting portrayal and I sort of am like mixed on like is this really the story we need to be telling right now sort of questions but I do think it is a well executed version of that in that it sort of depicts him just like being frustrated and not being able to like keep like the overall thing that is really the problem for him is that he can't keep up that he like isn't able to keep track of stuff and isn't able to like respond quickly and like she plows and she sort of bulldozes over him and like i think that's interesting like that 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 is like his major like his major failings in those in those sequences um i think it's an interesting sort of portrayal of like what maybe leads to many of these like toxic elements in in men and and it, it, it sort of is highlighted a little bit later with the like the lonely room song which is all about like i i'm going to get a going to going to find myself a wife and her hair is going to flow but then like but then like the nice ha- like the the strong handsome cowboy is going to who thinks he's better than me is going to steal her away from me and i like i'm going to lose what i'm entitled to that sort of thing of like feeling like there's other people out there who are better able to keep up and who are better able to like, and who are just going to outshine you. And that's the reason you're not like getting quote unquote, what you deserve is like, I think an interesting thought to explore. Uh, and I think the movie does it well, although I would totally understand if any, if anyone, if any individual person was like, why would you tell this story right now? Like, this is not a story we need to be really, I mean, yeah, it's just like such a hack thing to also use that like as, the sort of example I think like not what you're saying but in the movie to use uh because like people have been doing the like baby it's cold outside is like actually uh sure like a predatory song for so long at this point that I'm like I don't under like I I, I feel like there's a different way you could have done that especially mm-hmm. but I mean like I, I at that point I was also just like I don't care like they're talking just, I mean I don't know it kind of does do everything it does in like five different ways yeah but uh that's just one of the ways of yeah. doing it. Uh, I I agree that as a, I, that's one of that particular discussion. In that you're right that like that is a, that that's I I do think it's a little 
hack to be like, oh, baby, it's cold outside is so uh, regressive. Uh, but I think it maybe is even managing to have that discussion in an interesting way. I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to even watch it again. I mean, I don't know. Another thing uh, I'll say can... is like, this is a movie I think you have to like meet, like, you have to do like homework to be like in the movie like i think you have to like give a lot to the movie in a way where i was just like at that point i was like so checked out that i was like i don't see it winning me back and then literally when ballet started i was like ooh, and then i was like what do i care for (laughs) this is like not good yeah but uh i mean i mean i think we need to move on because this is a grab bag i guess like the one thing i'll say is that my sort of complicated relationship with the movie stems from the fact it's like a point I've made on this podcast multiple times, including last week, is that I sort of take issue with movies that are like very cyphery and that I can feel like, well, nobody in this is like a person and every and everybody like Colin said that about Andy, but I think I am the person who will most often bring up that like this feels this just feels like every character in it exists to like serve a purpose and not exist within this own humanity so I I was like sort of confused by it but like why am I liking this and I think the the thing I can come down to is like what I like seeing in a movie this sort of like discernible humanity in it of just like any sort like it's more it's more of a thought process and an understanding of like human feelings thoughts and emotions more than I need like people to be people necessarily and I think like what it does in like the very big picture of just like trying to like portray this like complex understanding of like this is how people seem to other people this is like how like the sort of unknowability of like how people think and it's like very explicitly about that at sometimes that I think it sort of like bought me in on it more than because it's like you guys were talking about the performances and my thing on the performances I don't know what fucking performance is good I like I have like them being good or bad doesn't even register for me. It's just, like, sort of what the movie is doing. Like, yeah. I, I think in, in the abstract, I think, like, yeah, probably the Thulis and Colette performances maybe aren't great. They're sort of bigger than, like, what the rest of the movie is doing in a way that's maybe off. But in, even then, in my mind, I'm just like, ah, sure, that's what the movie is doing. And I think that's where I sort of appreciate about... every. <laughs> I guess that's it's like I enjoy the movie in the big picture even like even though every single little picture thing should annoy the shit out of me like there's a moment where she mm-hmm. where it's like straight up a Pauline Kale essay is being recited and I'm like this, yeah. is the mo- this is the fucking most masturbatory dumb thing of all time and but at the end of it I was still like but I sort of see what it's doing and I sort of appreciate it even even though yeah. if in the moment I find degrading and I think that's what I enjoy about the movie that it does like I wrote this letterbox review where I talked about like how I'm often suffocated by my own thought process and this is sort of the only movie I've ever seen to sort of wrestle with that where it's like even in the baby it's cold outside scene like I think pe- talking about it uh, like as about a movie about toxic masculinity is even sort of reductive in a certain way because mm-hmm. I think I feel like I feel like that's giving the movie a point of view when I sort what I sort of appreciate about it is that its point of view is like very scattered and not like in any sort of particular sort of way. And I think like it, I think it understands that the Jesse Plemons character is both like a dumb, it's like he's sort of like a weirdo asshole, like toxic guy, but also that's not what the 
movie is the movie is not about him and it's also not sort of not about the jesse buckley character and it's maybe not sort of a any specific thing as much as just like looking at these people and try to see what you get from them which is like a thing that it's like i understand it working on different levels for different people like i can totally see hating this movie but it's sort of I would be dishonest if I didn't say it spoke to me on some level, even as yeah. dumb as that might be. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. It All right, well, oh, in conclusion... Oh, no, go please, ahead. Please, please. I'm not going to say anything. Anymore. No, I was just going to wrap I'm up. I'm going to reach into the grab bag. Yeah. You can fit, fit in any final thoughts while I'm... While yeah, I'm in conclusion, Cullen is a big dummy. Uh, Andy, go ahead. Read the next thing. Cullen, any other thoughts while I'm reaching into the grab bag? No. <laughs> no. Big 50. Hey, it's our 50th episode, folks. 50 episodes. Yeah. And how good at we, we are at making it, how consistent we are, just how we're all on the same page and we plan everything out all the time and it works out. Am right. I right, and folks? No, no one's ever blindsided by what the podcast is doing, certainly. Uh, yeah, we've done 50 of these plus bonus assorted bonus episodes. And I guess this is the moment where we were just going to be like, hey, thanks for listening. It's I mean, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very cool that anyone listens with, listens with any regularity. We're very appreciative of of, of what audience we have, uh, and mm-hmm. it's been a lot of f- it, the overarching relationship I've had with this podcast is that it has been a lot of fun. It has occasionally been stressful, but it has mostly been a lot of fun, and we've had a lot of fun talking to people and and uh, and and having other people listen and respond, which has been awesome. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent cosign everything Andy just said. It is weird to think about uh, that when this podcast started, I may have said this on the podcast before, that when we were recording our first episode, I did not know that I was going to be on it. Um, it was something that was like planned in a group chat that we are all four in, and uh, it was just like we were like on a Skype call, and uh, everyone was like, okay, are we ready to get recording? And we're talking about the Sundance lineup. And I was like, I do not know what is playing Sundance. And this is like, you can go back. I would not recommend listening to those early episodes. But if you go back, I do not say anything. And in the interim of time, uh, like, of doing the first episode to doing our second episode, I was like, am I allowed to, like, (laughs) say jokes or, like, not be completely serious? Because I literally did not know what the podcast was at that point. Um, And, yes, like Andy's saying, it is... uh, Absolutely, like, without the risk of, like, you know, self-deprecation being, like, the lowest form of, like, any sort of talk about yourself. Uh, it is insane that anyone listens to this podcast or that anyone listens with regularity, as Andy said. Um, it's insane the uh, guests that we've had that have agreed to do uh, this podcast with us in, as Amelia has described, its rinky-dink state. Um it's really, uh, you know, 2020 obviously being, like, one of the craziest and, like, worst years for a lot of people. It's, like, unfathomable to think that it is a good year, but this podcast, as a beacon of light, has made it one of the best years, I think, for me personally. Uh, it's something that I do stress out about doing when we have big-name guests that I'm, like, I literally am dumb. I should not be, like, sharing opinions with, like, professional film writers. And we've done it so many times, and every time I get a pit in my stomach before we record. Uh, And it's something that 
you know, uh, we'll probably touch on later, like what we get into in 2021. But I do think that we as a collective should not look back at any uh, at this year as anything but a net positive for what we have done and what we've like done together in this podcast uh without getting too sentimental it is really one of the best things that i've ever been a part of and i am so happy that i was asked to be part of it yeah i don't know that i have a speech but uh i'm also really happy with what we've done this year uh yeah that's it great next item on the grab bag Emilio's surprise. Uh-oh. Okay. So, I earlier told him to put Emilio's surprise on it, and then I had to come up with a surprise. The only thing I can come up with as a surprise is new, <laughs> new Bombback movie announced. Uh-oh. Which, uh, <laughs> which was a new story that came out while we were talking on this podcast. Oh, there's a... There's, I mean, it. it's... What what about it has been announced? It stars Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. Uh, you're hey kidding. Mm-hmm. I'd heard of that. How'd he get them? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it starts shooting in February 2021. Okay. And it's going to be about a, a family with four siblings, Fritz, <laughs> Debbie, Megan, and Walker, facing their own problems. <laughs> I mean, look. <laughs> and who tried, who's making this movie? <laughs> this is a uh, Michael Bay picture, right? Yeah. So there you I'm go. excited to see yeah. who the other two siblings. Yeah, this sounds uh, good. Those are actors I did not I like. know this was happening. This is a great He's surprise, a Emilio. Yeah. I had heard a rumor. I knew he was making a new movie that was supposed to shoot early 2021. Yeah, that was the thing. And I had heard the a, in the new I had heard a rumor it might be Gerwig and Driver. Yeah, the thing was, he had a new movie, and it was going to shoot in February. That's what yeah. all the people knew, and so the new story is confirming that it's about, like, a group of siblings and their perspective, and Driver and Gerwig are the people attached, which is, like, yeah. Gerwig, Greta Gerwig, great actress. Yeah. Would love yeah. to see she her. She has acted in a minute, too, because she's been directing, so this is exciting. Uh, yeah, is it, it's not it's not necessarily with Netflix, is it? It is with Netflix. It is, it is oh, with is it? Netflix. Okay. It's another oh. Netflix movie. All right. Netflix are in the bomb back business. Next in the uh, yeah. bag. <laughs> Excited to see that movie. I'm sure we'll talk about it eventually. Did he shoot things fast? Jesse, you might know this. Um, Marriage Story, I think. Mm, no. I mean, Marriage Story was in the I'm can for sure. a while. Like, Story. Yeah, that was in the can. Um, yeah, um, I mean, he sometimes has things pile up, right? Because, like... Yeah, Mistress America well, and while we're, we're young, young like came Mistress out the same America. year, like full release, I think. Basic, like one did TIFF and then the other one did Sundance the next year, yeah. for the premieres. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he is capable of going relatively quickly. I would not be surprised if it is out by the end of next year. Yeah, we need to get, we need to move to New York where I assume this is shooting. No, no Bombay. Uh, Cullen's surprise redemption. Okay, here we go, baby. Um, <laughs> so in the past, 
We have played a game. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I, we was, have I have a, a game. suspicion once redemption. We have played a game called the Ken Loach game. We played it once with our good friend Peter on the Three Days in Can episode. Yeah. It was a resounding success. Maybe the best that my peak as a person was yeah, Cullen like doing... wrote a thing and executed it successfully. It and it went well. Uh, yes. The game, of course, was I say something and it's either a Ken Loach movie or just me word associating with a Ken Loach movie and it being fake. Um, <laughs> we played it again. We played it with, uh, you know, past guest Mike uh, on the Entourage When the Chicks of Barley episode. Uh, it was. We were talking to the, Luch. We had to. We had to. It was a colossal failure. I forgot the premise of the game and only read the fake titles. <laughs> um, <laughs> to so, use Cullen's favorite word, he boffed it. I boffed it. Truly, I boffed it so hard. That was in June. That was in July. It was, so, it was this yeah, summer. Somewhere in summer. Yeah. Uh, I've been laying in wait to come back for my redemption <laughs> with a new game. <laughs> That is called <laughs> Two Kins and a Lin. Um, it follows the two truths and a lie premise, where I'm going to read three things. Two of them are going to be Ken Loach movies. One of them is going to be the title of a song off of Lin's album, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush. Lin, of course, <laughs> sings Steal My Sunshine. There is a chance that this is a boff. Um, but we are playing. I'm excited. Let's do it. Two Kins and a Lin. How many rounds we play in? Uh, I've got three. If it goes bad, okay. we might do one, and this might get cut. Um, <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Two Kins Let's and a Lin. Yeah. Let's bring it on. So are we each going to just individually? Uh, I'd say consensus. Consensus, okay. Yeah. Um, so three things. Two of them are Ken Loach movies. One of them is a song off of Lin's You Can't Stop the Bum Rush. Carla's Song. Looks and smiles. Beautiful day. So I guess the approach is which one is the Len song? Yes. Beautiful day is the Len song, I think. I think that's probably right, yeah. Is Beautiful Day the Len song, Colin? Beautiful day is the Len song. Yes. I'm going to say that was good guessing on your part, not a bop job on my end. We will do a second round. Yeah. yeah. We can be good at the game, and it's still a good game, Cullen. Are you ready? (laughs) Fatherland. Man of the year. Family life. I think family life is the Len. I think man of the year is the Len song. I think it's... I think it's man of the year, because I think I would know if there was... uh, Ken Loach movie that had the same title as that Robin Williams movie. You guys are two for right, two. <laughs> hey. Wow. Wow. Alright. Wow. Last one. <laughs> this almost almost fooled me though. I mean look, yeah, I'll count that. That'll give me the energy for this last one. Yeah. Uh Land and Freedom. Okay. Blackjack. June Bug. June Bug is Blackjack, I think. Junebug is not a Ken Loach movie. Is I mean, I think it is. Also, I, I mean, there is another Junebug, but I think it is also a Ken Loach movie. What was the first one? Land, Land and Freedom. Freedom. Blackjack. I, Land and Freedom might be. It might be too on the nose as a Loach. Oh, I think it's a Loach. <laughs> I think it's Blackjack. 
Blackjack? All right, I'll, I'll I, go along with Blackjack. I, I'll, I'll go with Blackjack. It was Junebug. God damn it! And oh. on a high note. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Ken Loach made a movie called Ladybug, Ladybug? Ladybug, right, Ladybug. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. And right, look at that. Cullen's Cullen is, yeah. Cullen's used Ladybug, Ladybug a lot, right? Because he yeah, said what? That's the one. Because I know, I think he might, I, th- I forget what direction he went in, but I think he did something bug something bug one uh, well the thing. official title is ladybird ladybird which in the uk that's what they call ladybugs so oh. i called it ladybug ladybug <laughs> okay okay yeah because it's like i because I, I i knew ladybug in my mind but i was like is this a was that the fake one when we did the game or was that the real one so i didn't <laughs> know yeah. yeah two kins and a lin all right great we'll play it again Let's next go week. back into the ground <laughs> yeah no <laughs> Cullen's on the on the on the hook for weekly Chemloach based games. Alright. Oh I mean, we've made a lot of movies. I feel like we'd get three into those before we start recognizing the name of every Yeah, Chemloach I mean movie. I was like I was really stretching it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Tenet. Oh Tenet. Is it tenet. And he's flipped it upside down. Ma- uh, making it not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I, I I capitalized it so it doesn't work as a yeah. Um yeah, we we've all I seen, tenet. seen tenet in like six months, but it's great. I, I own it. I'll watch it again soon. Uh I think it's pretty bad. I think it's uh the none of the characters are interesting. I think most Right. Of... This time Andy's the big dumb. Well, um uh oh yeah i mean yeah i just like and and like i don't buy the emotional hook of the like their like friendship or whatever at all i think it doesn't work at all amelia do you have a take this was on your most anticipated of the year when we did that episode it's good four out of four out of five i mean (laughs) yeah and i fall somewhere in between uh, andy and emilio i think good time at the at the theater i mean i did not see it at the theater um I think it's. I saw it at the drive-in, and there was a big metal box covering, like, basically the place where the subtitles for the Russian at the beginning were. Okay. Uh, also, the sound went out several times. They had to like go get a new antenna. I, and you were just sitting there like, Nolan, he did it again. Yeah, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's really yeah challenging audience. Yeah, despite all that, I sat there the whole time being like. Yes, yes, yes. It's his. It, yeah, it's my second favorite of his movies behind it. That's crazy. Um, I think it's like pretty fun. Uh, it's really stupid uh, in a way that is like easy to watch, and I think it looks nice and the score is good. Uh, I got a lot of hot people in nice clothes. Uh, I agree with Andy that the characters are nothing in the emotional center. I find uh, to be a little more acceptable just because I like seeing. Pattinson and John David Washington together. I think they get good chemistry. Um, the payoff of it is sort of nothing. Um, but I mean, I don't really need it to be much. Wow. It looks I, good. I might be the opposite. I think their I think their friendship is like fine and it's like they're they're charming and then I think I like the payoff. But I like the payoff as just like sort of the dumb bit it it. I like I I enjoy the like wistfulness of the payoff within itself. Like I don't think the movie really has an emotion. Like the emotional chorus, it's just sort of this guy wants to do a thing, which I'm sort of down with it. I I think I mean, my, I think in if I were to rank my favorite Christopher Nolan films, it would be towards 
the bottom, but I like most of his films. I just think, I I I think my one big takeaway was that I just miss Zimmer, and I thought, and I would really like Zimmer because I think Zimmer does a lot of Nolan's emotional heavy lifting with his scores in a lot of places, and I think it could have, like I think Interstellar is a movie that's like eighty percent the score, and I think Dunkirk is a movie that's like fifty percent the score, and it's like, uh, Goranthin he does good work. I don't think I've ever really been into him. I don't even really like the Black Panther score that he won the Oscar for. I think it's, like, fine. I, I, he's never yeah. been my guy, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, me saying that I agree with Andy that, like, there is no emotion also falls under, or, like, no, like, real emotional payoff for me or whatever uh, falls under the umbrella of, like, it is, like, a very silly movie that I was like, yeah, this is fun. I'll watch this. It's too long, I think. It's like two and a half hours long, and it feels it especially sort of in the uh, like big battle scene near the end. Um, nope. Went by like a breeze. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> at a certain point, I was like, there's an hour left of this. That's, yeah, Christ. there is. That that happened to me as well. No, see, I didn't, I didn't have that because at the point at which I was like, there's an hour left is when I started liking the movie. Like if, if I thought if if I I also maybe think it's too long, but I think it's like the beginning. That's like maybe a bit too much when, like when they go full tenant reverse, that's when I'm like, I mean, fully buying into it and I love it. And, and I think the ending is sort of part of that in that entire sequence. And, but like everything before that, it's just like, I think I feel sort of like how you, where it's like, everything is sort of like too obfuse to really connect with and it's like still not there from like a design and like fight and like action standpoint for me to buy with to buy into it but when it goes full stupid that i really into it i mean yeah the the uh the sort of scene that you're talking about like where they get um like where he starts going backwards and he's like going through all the stuff that we've seen already that is like a little bit after where i was like there's an hour left that it's like the scene where like which i think looks really cool like the sort of red and blue room is like i think the sort of point of like at that point there is literally one full hour left of the movie and i was like oh boy and then that starts happening like the fun stuff and i'm like okay yeah this is trucking along and then there's like 40 minutes left once aaron taylor johnson like once he meets up with aaron taylor johnson again and they're like doing all this stuff like in the uh, desert when she's on the boat or whatever uh, and like going in through the tunnel, um, I mean, again, it is like truly I can ride the wave of like this is just dumb and looks cool and like I, I like the way that uh, Nolan does like his big set pieces and uh, especially yeah. I mean a, a lot of the stuff in the beginning is my favorite sort of set piece like with the bungee jump and uh, I really the, loved uh, the plane. I think like I may be alone. Oh, on the that. plane like, is I so feel cool. Like, an, like the way that they like obviously like did it for oh, real yeah. and shot it from like eight different angles at once and like mm-hmm. yeah and and seeing that yeah it, i think that's like the best uh stunt sequence in the movie um i do like i think the brana performance is like embarrassingly bad it's like i mean really <laughs> a bum note in that movie and i think the it's Dibiki just funny <laughs> okay so is like so two things oof. two things that maybe we can end on one real quick this and i'm thinking of ending things were the two like most purely pleasurable uh movie viewing experiences i had this year on like back-to-back days second thing on this topic of performances uh, there's like maybe a number of like 
pretty good performances in Nolan movies. There's a lot of kind of nothing performances in Nolan movies. There's only one great performance in a Nolan movie. Tom Hardy is Bane. That's right! It's me! Bane! I mean, it's a good performance. I think there are... I mean, this performance is good! 100% for you! <laughs> I don't think anyone's arguing Bane is, like, a bad performance. People don't like it. Uh, I no mean, here, it's... Though. That movie is whatever. Uh, Bane's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I wish All it was right. in a funner movie. A lot of pe- um, Do a lot of people not like it? I feel like even people... people I feel like they make right. fun of it because it's, it's funny. It's like a funny thing it's to have It's unarguably fun a funny performance, but I don't think anybody's like, it's funny bad. I think it's good. Right. Yeah. Um, what a yeah. beautiful voice. I mean, yeah. You will not hear any complaints from me about Tom Hardy as Bane. I, I mean, I, mi- I sort of miss Tom I think if I were to pinpoint my specific problem with Tenet, is that it's sort of... The Vicky's a good actress, but that entire God. all that stuff is like a it's, bit, it's like sort of it's a, a wet fart. It's like sort of it's, a wet fart, and it's like it doesn't. Yeah. It's like they spend a lot of time on it, and it like doesn't really get to anywhere that's like really right. satisfying. I yeah, and this is I, weird to I, have I, the yeah. advocating for less women in Nolan films, but it's like if I mean, this is her, it's like it's like <laughs> Nolan's like, look, I didn't kill her, and it's like, dude, you don't get a gold star for that. Like she, I mean, the way you're using it is not. I don't think good. that's what he's doing, but I think he thinks that all that has a better payoff than it really does. I mean, yeah, this is the... Uh, we don't need to... Yeah. Tenet, folks, I will also I say that I, I, I'm, like, soft positive on it, but this is also the place where I was, like, with Dunkirk when I watched it in the theater, where I was just sort of overwhelmed by it, and I was overwhelmed by a lot of stuff in Tenet, and then when I watch it on the TV, I'm like, oh, this is a masterpiece. So maybe I'll watch Tenet again on the TV, and it'll be a masterpiece. But the sort of the Bicky stuff is sort of what, like, keeps me from thinking, like, loving it as much as his other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. it's a movie. Let's act- reach into the grab bag. All right, Bane. Get out of here, Bane. We don't need your nonsense. Your nonsense plan about blowing up Gotham or whatever it is. Oh. And fellas, it's time to take a journey to the four realms. We got Holy Nutcracker shit. in the four realms <laughs> in the bag. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. We so all we're hanging out. And uh, turned independently turned on Nutcracker and the Four Realms and paid varying amounts of attention to it. Yeah, we we co-watched uh, Lasse Hallstrom and Joe Johnston's 2018 uh, Curiosity, I would say, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, uh, and it's a pretty fun movie, I think. Yeah, it didn't play any festivals. I think we were mostly talking about it because we all watched it, and it is like holiday themed. Right, know, and this is the tis Christmas the season, episode. as yes. they say. Yes, yeah. tis the season. Also, uh, uh, Cullen, Cullen is now a ballet maniac, and so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in plugs. But uh, Nutcracker in the Four Realms has a pretty stunning ballet sequence. Um, yeah, Misty Copeland and, uh, uh, has a whole Mr. sequence, right. and it's really, really good. Uh, and. Uh, really kick-started something in me with ballet and we'll get to that later uh but yeah the movie is fun like andy said must uh, we keep not- building it up can you not just talk about that now no, it's not like we have that's deep the thoughts on that. um the uh the movie's like fine it's like enjoyable while you're watching it you know linus sangren shot it it looks really nice for the most part there's only like a few moments with like kind of dodgy cgi uh, Kira Knightley is like giving a crazy big performance. Yeah, that, uh, it's a tremendous performance. I think Kira Knightley is the Sugar Plum Fairy. 
she has edible hair and wings. And boy, the wi- I, I guess I didn't pick up that the wings are edible. No, the, I don't think the wings no, are no. edible. She just has. She wings. has edible hair Two separate and things. wings. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Um and uh yeah she's you doing a voice she's doing a thing oh my god and boy is it a, a a heck of a lot of fun and uh, I guess spoilers and she I, has and I heard turn. Colin and I heard Colin has an impression of her nah please <laughs> <laughs> literally I don't think my voice could go to that register yeah. it's yeah it's it's wild what she does uh and we she deserves better from everyone uh should have been Oscar nominated in twenty eighteen. Yeah. One could only describe it as Lori Petty doing a, a Gwen Stefani impression. Yeah. Other things uh, about this movie: the Rat King uh, yeah, is depicted so as uh, a bunch of rats all just running around on top of each other in a giant monster form. Right. Uh, it's a truly nightmarish image. <laughs> so it's the it's the raddest thing ever put on screen. I want to hang out with the Rat King. He seems like a cool Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it does, like, en- envelop podcast. people a couple of times, and it's like, oh. um, Yeah, the thing about the movie, I think, which, like, is maybe a bit annoying to say, is I do think that there is, like, maybe a masterpiece in there. Sure. There is, like, there's so much, like, small <laughs> stuff in, like, its set design and its costume design, especially for, like, um, you know, like, uh, Richard E. Grant and, uh, Derbez and Knightley and Helen Mirren when she shows up that is like you know practical and extremely impressive and uh, the sets are like impeccable for the most part and I think if they like it is we, I mean we yeah. it, it's like not truncated in a way because it's like you know a pretty like it's like what a hundred minutes maybe um yeah it does, but it like, feels yeah. like they're. It gets very generic in the back half of just like, oh, now she's the, got yeah, the, like. It is like just like battley and yeah. like, uh, sort of like not interesting at that point. But like everything leading up to the ballet and the ba- ballet specifically is all like really, really impressive stuff. And I think that, um, if yeah. they spent more time in each of the realms and like <laughs> gave each segment its due and it like cut the battle to like something a little less maybe i don't even know what you would do there but like uh it it feels like the craft on display is something that i think a lot of people dismiss just like on premise alone that it is like a disney like new nutcracker thing and like at the time like no one talked about this maybe when it came out like other than like as a punchline and i do really think that there is something special to it uh and like i could 100 percent see myself like you know, one of those like um, like infographic maps came out of like what Christmas movie or what holiday movie rather each state watches the most, like according to whatever stat aggregator. Um, and Nutcracker right, in the yeah. Four Realms, I mean, sure, um, <laughs> Nutcracker in the Four Realms is like a movie I could see. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. I just like throw this on and watch it like around the holidays. It's like very light, very easy to watch, very fun. Like, uh, yeah, killer ballet, killer songs. Obviously, Tchaikovsky, Go and Ham. Um, a lot. It's to like love. pretty fun. It's like again, it's like the craft on display is excellent. I don't think anybody beyond the craft people had any idea what this movie was gonna be, and you can Maybe, tell yeah. that script right. is a sort of a disaster. That's sort of the problem with with it. But like everybody. Everybody individually, except for maybe the screenwriters and the directors, which is a bit of a problem, is doing great work in it, and it deserves <laughs> to be 
recognized and it's fun you can watch it it maybe goes on too long at the end and maybe sort yeah. of peaks a little early is the problem yeah uh i mean yeah and uh it is like interesting as like a thing of like disney where it's like even two years later like disney would never do anything of like this pitch of where you're like not totally certain of what the movie's gonna look like like when they announce it right and it's like where you're like, hmm, I'm mean, curious to see what they do with that. Like, th- like that's not what Disney does anymore, really. And so, like that they able they they did this like within the last two years is like kind of wild and interesting to consider. Um, a quick realm assignment. I think we've done this individually, but or or, uh, or or privately, but maybe we should do it on the who's what realm. So we got the land of amusements. We've got the land that's of Colin. sweets. We've that's got Andy. <laughs> The land of uh, ice or uh, land of snow. That's Jesse. Right. And then the land of flowers. That's me. That's Emilio. Yeah. Um, well, amusements, have. of course, is the poo poo land. It really is stinky. It's not great. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, I did the story. But you know, at the, end it, <laughs> at the end, it's revealed. They ha- they have a good heart and they were really right. trying to do a good thing. Really? It, like really good it's sweets that's the problem all along. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, but like. Snowflake and plants, they get it fl- figured out. Or flowers, they get it figured out. Yeah. Hey, Sometimes you got it figured out. What can you say? In conclusion, yeah, that's Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Can I kick an official endorsement? You should watch Nutcracker in the Four Realms this Christmas yeah. season. It's, it is. This is coming out on Christmas. If you got a spare hour and 45 minutes today, throw on Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Yeah. Sugar Bowl and Fairy hit me long. up. Yeah. Check out my Letterboxd review of the film. <laughs> Not endorsed by the remainder of Can I Kick <laughs> I may be endorsing. Alright, I'm reaching back. We're pulling from the grab bag. We've got like four items left, I think. Three, three or four. We still have four items left? I think it's three. We still have, we still have some stuff. Uh, Berlin is postponed. Bummer. Next item. <laughs> It, to like summer, right? Is that when it was, Jesse? It's a yeah. digital yeah. thing like, in March and then a physical yeah. thing in June, I think. Yeah. Very funny that I will be out of Germany when it goes digital. <laughs> so I just miss Berlin yeah. the entire time I was here. Um, next item, next item. Next item. Uh, oh, boy. Folks, it's time. Jesse's surprise. Here we All go. Right, He's going to email like me send. something to read. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> How is this going to be our longest episode? <laughs> this is not going to beat the Minktacular. No, we're not beating the Minktacular. Oh, I forgot about the Minktacular. You forgot about Boy, the Minktacular. It's the Minktacular. Yeah, I mean. Is it sent, Jesse? Yep. All right. Oh my God. Wait, did I send it to you? Who did I send it to? Secret for to grab bag I have okay. now. Okay. And the sent, top of my inbox. You sent it to an A24 PR person? <laughs> All right. Uh... F- from Mohamed Diab, director of 2016 Uncertain Regard opening film Moon, film Clash, Moon Knight, coming soon to Disney+. Plus. That's it. Oh, oh wait, wait. Say this <laughs> again? <laughs> Jesse, how's this working out for you? Uh, from Mohamed Diab, director of the 2016 Uncertain Regard opening night film Clash, Moon Knight, coming soon to Disney+. Plus. So oh, one Moon of the Knight. Disney Plus like, uh, Marvel shows is being directed by an uncertain regard director. Is this I was Jesse's surprise? <laughs> yep. Okay, Je- so full disclosure for listeners. Jesse was going to physically mail this to Andy <laughs> and uh, 
forgot. So this is how we did it. Uh, this is truly, I mean, it's a surprise. I'm surprised <laughs> that we've sunk this low. Jesse, do you have thoughts on this? No. I didn't see the movie. I'm not going to watch the show. Seemed relevant. Right. All right. Um, yeah. Notably, Next up in the grab bag. They did not announce Relevant, Oscar like, Isaac. Politically? He was rumored in the trade. So we'll see what's going on there uh, with Moon Knight. That's a little Marvel update for our fans who uh, come to here for their Marvel news. We're still not allowed to talk about the Eternals, right? Um, nope. Okay. That'll be censored. <laughs> All right. Sundance lineup. I think it's wow. out. We're going to do a preview. Uh, does anyone? Yeah, it's out. You can look at it. Does anyone have any... There is uh, one movie that I want to watch in there. So that seems good. I'd say there's two for me. One of them is the Emilio one, which is Sion Sono's uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, uh, which will be a premiere. And then they also have the U.S. premiere of the Mona Fast World film, uh, The World to Come. Nice. Yeah. Also, they like confirmed they're doing it like digitally and with all their like mm-hmm. satellite offices and stuff, or satellite cities or whatever. Um, right. I guess we maybe never talked about that. It is gonna. They are. Everything is going to be online. Like not. It is only online, but every film will be online. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just you know, we have speculated that this might be like the big like Oscar buzz festival. It seems that will not be the case. Turns out, no. <laughs> um, turns out, who could have guessed it, but it turns out just people who were going to release movies in December decided to release them in February instead. Yeah. Who could have guessed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I imagine they had a very hard time, both because the type of movies that play Sundance probably had an extra hard time with production in the last year, and also just because of the weird shift of the awards season. Why what happened? Uh, there's a pandemic. Um, so, <laughs> Emilio has uh, rolled back in his chair in shock at the news. Um, so, I, I imagine the they had a harder time programming than usual. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not not there's a lot of like actor directorial debuts. Yeah, uh, Rebecca with, Hall. Yeah, huh? Robin Wright. Um, Fran Kranz. Yeah. Fran Kranz. You know, I'm it's just like, <laughs> they don't have a lot of movies, but who can blame them? It's probably a yeah. tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. Tip of my hat, hope it goes better for you in 2022, Sundance. Still a credit, of, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look. Um, yeah. And uh, I believe this exhausts the grab bag, folks. Sorry what? to end on... Is there no, more? Is there not... What have, what have I not put in? There's supposed to be another thing. What else uh, is like there? 2021 preview? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did it fall out? It must have fallen out. Uh-oh. Big 50. If, if ever the audience wanted to prove that there is a physical grab bag. Yeah, Andy's got an old CVS bag. Yeah, it's a leaky grab bag. We know what it is, what the item is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Then there's no point no. to the grab bag. There's no point no. to the prop if what? we know what it is. No, no. come on. If, it, this if, is... if we don't find the piece of paper where it's on, I'm not talking All right. about it. <laughs> I'm choosing silence. Andy's about to write it down and put it in. <laughs> um, let's see. Tenant, Emilio's surprise, Big 50. I'm thinking of ending things. Jesse's surprise. Berlin is postponed. 
point I'm fired. <laughs> Thanks. So. All right, I'm writing it down again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need to go out on a bang, and by bang I mean at our low. Where'd my pen go? God damn it! Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 2021 preview. <laughs> no, we're waiting. We're waiting until it comes out of the <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, guys. Hold on. I found another piece of paper here just underneath the what a hidden corner be? of the bag. 2021 Sicky preview. What? Who could have known that that would be in the grab bag? Uh, yeah. So next year. Uh, yes, this is our last episode of the year, obviously. It's December 25th. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, etc., etc. Um, we will not be putting out an episode next week. Or the week after. Yeah, we're taking a but little... And the week after break. that, 2021 preview. Where yeah. we will be uh, kind of doing a little check-in on the 2020 preview. And then uh, maybe picking a few new movies that we want to... Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of our 2020 picks can just be shunted off until... Well, no, that's the idea, is that we will we will go over what the 2021 picks were and what happened to them, and then we will have shorter lists of 2021 <laughs> movies. Uh, and um, then, yeah, we... After that, after that's going to be Sundance, we'll have our uh, 2020 Can I Kick It Awards, where we'll give out the Palm Dolly. Uh, yeah. We'll we do a commentary be... for the Palm Dolly at some point. We've got some other ideas. Uh, we will be putting an episode out every week, but I would say expect the kind of format that we've sort of settled into where, like, we have a guest on and we talk about two movies that sort of relate to each other. Like, especially a lot of those we still have, like, half of the 2006 can movies. Expect an episode like that, like, every other week. And, you know, we'll all, we'll all be on to talk about all the 2006 movies, but I guess the main thing is we, we won't necessarily all be on every episode just to, like, because a lot of these things, like, if we want to do more juries or more drafts, those just require more time in terms of preparation, so we want to sort of be able to give ourselves a break when we need it. Yeah, we're we're you know it's been it's been a great pleasure working on this over this last year, but you know as the world looks to maybe be getting back more back to normal at some point in the next year, and also just as we have accumulated a certain amount of stress in having to do this podcast. We're trying to cut back just a little bit on the amount of, like, homework that we have to do for it. So right. we're just shifting things up a little bit. We're still hoping to be with you regularly. Uh, it just might be a little more often where we don't have, like, have specific movies to talk about. or uh, Yeah, right. And that's the other thing on. is there might be more episodes that are just like, oh, this whatever festival is coming up. We'll talk about it for, like, 20 minutes and then we'll shoot the shit for 10 minutes and then we'll be out. Yeah. So, you know, just just some shifts in what, in what the output will be, but hopefully it'll still remain consistent, and you'll hear from enough from each of us. Uh, Every episode will still be a corker. Yes. I, I, is That's it. That's it, right? That's basically all we had to say about next year? Yeah, I think so. Great. My prediction uh, for next year? 
We're all going to crush oh, yeah. it. It's going to be a great year. Finally, yeah. Cullen's predictions come back. <laughs> I forgot I, I used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're all going to crush wow. it. We'll check back in with you in the Holiday Grab Bag 2021 to see if we all crush it. You can find us on Twitter, at Can I Kick It? You can find on Letterboxd. Uh, you can find us on Letterboxd at C-I-K-I-Pod. You can find me on either of those platforms at JP like Weber. Weber has two Bs. I would like to plug uh, this podcast. Great. <laughs> Andy. Andy. <laughs> I, I'm Andy. Sorry, I'm just sort of reflecting on that. What? Plug. I'm reflecting on the plug. Um. <laughs> Uh, my name's Andy. You can find me online at Andy T. Germ on every single one of your favorite social media platforms that you can think of. You name it, I'm there. At Hit Andy up Andy on Parlor. <laughs> yeah, it's the holiday season. Andy's getting some takes on the war on Christmas. <laughs> I have no response to that other than to say I am not on Parlor. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've, I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a, pl- watch the prom. It's a lot of fun. They build a prom for everyone. I've been singing the songs all week. You could have just not plugged anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for everyone listening. Did you want to talk about the coffee, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we throwing you know the, the details? <laughs> You know it is because you know the details. I would say it. Yeah. I, I don't really know the details of you. That, never mind. All right. So uh, new, new. If you like the show and the professionalism we bring to it, uh, and you want to to just say hey, thanks, uh, and I appreciate it, and you want to express that support in some way, uh, we have started uh, a coffee uh, on the website. Uh, it's ko-fi.com uh, slash can I kick it pod or can i kick it i don't know amelia set it up what's the handle it's, uh it's... can i okay cool. coffee.com <laughs> slash can like the festival the word i the letter i the, the letter i, yes. I guess they're uh, Kansy. both, yeah, both Kansy. a word and a letter um yes so if if you like what we do uh and uh want to kick us a few bucks feel free to do so there we really appreciate it you know, we, we do have some regular costs associated with the show, so it'll mostly be going towards those things. Uh, and then potentially, to, you know, to, you know, if you if you really want us to get more ambitious, uh, you know, do, do, do some bigger donations and you'll see, you know, what we do when we have uh, more money than we know what to do with uh, for the show. <laughs> uh, and but yeah, any, 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 anything you can offer is very more much appreciated. Obviously, no requirement. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have planned if someone bankrolls us? <laughs> I don't know. I would love to find out, though, wouldn't you? If yeah. someone donates, like, $10,000, like, what would we do? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now that yeah. it's attached to money, I want to give my emotional plea of the episode and say that despite what I regularly say on this podcast and outfit, I enjoy doing this podcast with my three good friends. Colin, Jesse, and Andy. It but it Ranked has order. been it has been tough to justify doing it over the like over the year because I have like college, I have other different obligations that I sometimes need to be like involved with. So it would be nice 
to receive some compensation to just like know that this is worth it and that I can keep doing it and I can continue spending time with my good friends on this podcast as I've enjoyed it throughout this year and we've made 50 episodes that I am sort of proud of so <laughs> if you could throw any money our way that would be very appreciated on my behalf yes Call it. plug yeah I'm clackly on everything the plugs going to ballet baby <laughs> I'm, I can't get enough of this stuff. It's so <laughs> insane. He really won't stop talking about it, folks. It's, you want to talk <laughs> about, like, you know, uh, like, professionalism. Like, I have said this in the in the past week since I've become a ballet stan. Uh, is there's some of these performers that, like, it is, uh, like... It's like nothing I've ever seen before to where I'm like, I will never be able to do anything as well as they are doing ballet. And it's like, if you watch like the, the, the God, Marianella Nunez, who's so good at ballet, that is my plug. Maybe look up Marianella Nunez and watch her friggin' stand on her tiptoes for a minute and a half and get spun around without breaking a sweat or shaking at all it's the craziest thing you'll ever damn see uh ballet is gonna have its year in 2021 as soon as we get the vaccine me and the boys are going to the opera house to see a ballet i'm i'm so down for that we we should absolutely got, yeah come to the kennedy center guys i'm sure there's a ballet yeah so yeah if you want to see us go to a ballet together hit, hit us up with some donations and we'll we'll, we'll plan a ballet <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Ballet. Emilio. You can find me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. I'm sort of watching movies again, so hit hit me up on my Letterboxd so you can see the gold I'm putting out there. He's got a schedule and everything, folks. Um, uh, and I know we mentioned this a bit uh, in our Big 50 from the grab bag, but genuinely, again, uh, especially as nonsensical as these plugs have been, uh, anyone listening, it truly uh, means so much that you are, and I do just want to say again, thank you so much uh, yeah. to all the people who listen to this podcast. That is fun to do with my friends. No shout-outs to you on my part, but continuing this, I would like to plug. Just to end up, finish the year, I'm going to plug something. Oh, my God. Wow. A momentous Everybody occasion. Everybody should watch Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken. It is an anim- It is a Japanese animated series by Masaki Yuasa. It is a 12-episode series about these three high school girls who start an anime club and make anime. It is the most delightful thing I've see, uh, seen all year. It is maybe the most delightful thing I've seen in years. I enjoy it a lot. I am currently in the process of rewatching it. It is on Crunchyroll, the anime streaming service. I would be very happy if you all streamed it. You know what? I just remembered this. It is also on HBO Max as part of their Crunchyroll like section. So if you have HBO Max you can watch it. No excuse. It's the best thing to come out this year. Our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at Tree Related at, at SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related or search Tree Related on Spotify. It's been a blast. See y'all next year. Yeah. Jesse, take us home. Happy to hear from us. Yeah. For the year. I will release our audience. Bye. Happy New Year. Snow's coming down.